0: Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie Kay. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie K. You can check out prior Broncos Blitz Podcast on the website, MileHighSports.com alongside with me, John Mendoza of MileHighSports.com We'll get into some of the work that he's been doing and talk some Broncos. Who stays and who goes? But first, our friends at TAP14. Be sure to visit them on the web. TAP14.com I want you to spell out the word 14. TAP14.com. They have terrific rooftop views all year long. And Chef Taylor Creedence, a American Alpine Fair is just, well, it's fabulous. Was there a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it's, you know, the beautiful thing about it is it rotates seasonally so it doesn't get boring. It doesn't get stale. You have the 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled distilled spirits. Uh, Be sure to visit them at 1920 Blake Street. That's TAP 14. Go check them out on the web. Spell out the word TAP 14. That's TAP14.com. Broncos Blitz Podcast with John Mendoza. John, good. uh, Well, happy to have you in. Uh, Let's talk some who stays, who goes. Okay, sounds great. Thanks for having me. for the Broncos and let's start of
1: course with the position
0: everybody wants to talk about quarterbacks should they just clean house get rid of them all
1: I don't think they should clean house and get rid of all of them. I don't think it would make a lot of sense to get rid of Paxton Lynch. He's still young. He's still under contract, and he's relatively cheap. He's still working through that rookie deal as a late-round first pick. He, he's not going to cost the Broncos much for the upside that he could potentially bring. Should he turn it around? Should he start adjusting to the pro game?
0: But is he really going to turn it around?
1: I, you know, is I, he that's, really? that's to be seen. Um, he's got a lot of upside and obviously really likes him. Um It'll be interesting to see what his pro career takes. He's tall. He's got that cannon arm. arm. (laughs) Yep. He's he's a likable guy. All the things Elway looks for. But I think the other two need to go. Uh, Most definitely Trevor Simeon. Uh, I was his biggest supporter in 2016. I thought he played admirably. But 2017 was really a telling tale that this is not the answer at quarterback. Uh, I've heard some rumors flying around that he may have a potential suitor in the Atlanta Falcons. He's close to the quarterback coach there. uh, Greg Knapp. So Maybe the Broncos trade him. Uh, A mid-round pick would even be great to get for Simeon. But the Broncos are going to address the quarterback situation this offseason. They don't need to keep Simeon for depth purposes. That's why you keep a young buck like Lynch on the roster. Osweiler, I think, played the best out of all the quarterbacks in 2017, but again, he's a free agent. He's going to command a a decent price tag. He wants to be that fringe starter guy. I see Osweiler signing more with an Arizona Cardinals to be a transitional piece post-Carson Palmer than bringing him back next year for the Broncos. Well, and of
0: course, Arizona, they don't got a quarterback. They literally don't have a quarterback on the roster. Nothing on the roster. He got married down in Arizona. He went to Arizona State. He's got a home over there, so there's a lot of connection. I think you're right. There's a likelihood of you're not going to see Osweiler on this roster. And to be truly honest, I think I'm a little sad to see Denver move on from Trevor Simeon, not because Simeon's the guy, but because he has shown that he can be a decent backup and he's very cheap. He's extremely cheap. And I guess we could say, looking from last year, you can't have enough quarterbacks on this roster it's because, true. I mean, they were just all not good. Now, there is something to say it's just wiping the slate clean, but I think their money issues are going to keep Denver potentially moving on from Lynch. I don't think he has any value anywhere, you know, as far as a trade goes around the league where you may see that with Simeon, a a team looking to pick up a backup quarterback who's kind of proven a little bit that at least he doesn't look deer in the headlights and maybe in the right system, he could be somewhat functional for, uh, let's face it, a sixth, seventh round pick. Right. That's probably a a deal Denver looks at doing anyways, though. So. Quarterbacks, cleaning house, or at least the majority the of majority, it, right. likelihood of sticking with Paxton Lynch. And obviously, he is not your answer. He is just somebody sticking around as maybe, who knows, a light bulb goes off in camp? <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to say no, but, but you know, it is hey, what it is. Absolutely. Let's look at the running back situation. Sure. C.J. Anderson, is it
1: worth it to keep him on the roster for next year? Uh, my, my heart. Really wants to say yes. CJ has been one of my favorite players to what cover. What does your brain say? My brain says no. It's just not worth it. His contract, his cap hit. They've got young players at the running back position. Devonte Booker. Yeah. He showed a lot of promise. He just wasn't able to get on the field enough to truly make a difference. And Dealt saw with
0: injury. the most definitely. Running back right. rotation was not the greatest. He last was. Year. He was a
1: part of that three-headed you know beast with. Uh, Anderson, Charles, and then Booker was kind of the third guy, kind of floating around. And we all saw this D'Angelo Henderson kid. We heard about him all through camp. We heard about him all throughout the draft. We were piping on this podcast why he didn't see more He should have seen more play throughout the regular season, and we saw exactly why in their season finale against the Chiefs. Guy broke three tackles with ease and coasted into the end zone. This guy's got talent, and I want to see him on the field next year. But if you keep a workhorse back like C.J. Anderson, paying him what you're paying Him. The expectation is that he's going to carry the load for at least two of the three downs, maybe even be a three down back. But I want to see these new guys, Booker and Anderson, get more reps at the running back position. All right. So your
0: brain says no on CJ Anderson. What does your brain say about the wide receivers? Because Demarius Thomas, he has that $4 million option where if if Denver says to decline that, the contract for the next two years is void. It is nullified. There is no more. And he essentially becomes a free agent. Also, a situation with Emmanuel Sanders. What the offense looks like with him, what it looks like without him. What does your brain say
1: about the pass catchers? My brain says keep them both. It doesn't make any sense to get rid of their two best offensive weapons. Sure. Especially behind them, you know, you've got a guy like Benny Fowler who hasn't been able to really prove himself to be an effective number three. Cody Latterman. He's been below average at
0: best. At best,
1: absolutely. And, and, Jordan Taylor, who is one of my favorite players, he's dealing with hip injury this off season. Those are always hard to come back from, especially at receiver. Can you imagine trying to court a Kirk Cousins, a Case Keenum here, and say, "Oh, by the way, we got rid of D.T. here, we got rid of Emmanuel Sanders." If you bring yeah, in a you, guy, don't. You, you don't, you don't, you can't. It just yeah. doesn't happen. And then there's you know bringing in a rookie like a Baker Mayfield. Very popular name around here. Are you truly setting up Baker Mayfield for success? If you're getting rid of one or two of the best receiving options, is that going to help or hurt his growth? It's absolutely going to hurt it. It does not make sense. I know maybe the cap numbers say otherwise, but for the sake of building this team and setting their new quarterback up for success, you cannot get rid of the two best pass catchers. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by Tap14.
0: Be sure to check them out. 1920 Blake Street. And of course, at Tap14.com. Spell out the website, tap14.com. John, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at J Mendoza MHS. Very good. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter as well, too, at Ronnie K Radio. Now, I want to before we turn to the defense, because there are some defenders, a little bit of a who stays, who goes. Let's talk about the offense as a whole. Because I believe there's two paths this offseason. There is a the rebuild path. I'm sorry. This is not a reboot. If you go down the (laughs) rebuild path, this is talking about the idea of uh, dropping uh, Demarius Thomas, uh, releasing Emmanuel Sanders. I know you you have the $5 million dead cap, but you also save the $5 million as well, too, and you begin to move on from the aging players. The same with C.J. Anderson as well, because you have the young depth, and then you go with a draft pick and everything like that and you move forward. Or Option B, and you kind of hinted at it, keeping these veteran guys, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and maybe you even look at C.J. Anderson and trying to court that veteran free agent, if you were to choose one path right now, go younger, rebuild, or maybe there's a last per se run courting of the veteran free agent, which,
1: which path would you go? Give me the courting of the veteran free agent quarterback, and and let me tell you why. And you you hinted at it, you know, with the moving away from CJ because you have the young guys and going with uh, keeping the veteran free agents uh, at wide receiver because you don't have that depth at receiver that you do at running back. We want to see the young guys get more reps at running back. I would love to see more Jordan Taylor, but I don't really want to put the future receiver in the hands of Cody Latimer and Benny Fowler. I I just don't. So I think there's potential to continue growing at the wide receiver position. The running backs are being groomed as we speak, and I think the Broncos have a great opportunity to court a free agent quarterback like a Kirk Cousins, like a Case Keenum. Um, But even if they don't get that path, even if they decide it's not worth it, the dollar figures don't add up, you're going to bring in a rookie quarterback, you're going to have great pieces, depth at running back. I think they can really set themselves up to be successful on offense, which we haven't seen the past few seasons. Well,
0: and let's face it, too, they have no receiving from the tight end position
1: either. Absolutely, which is not something you could fall back on either.
0: Uh -uh. You know, like it's one thing if you had this star tight end or or at least a, 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 a platoon of guys who could pass catch. You don't even have that. So if you are going bare on the cupboard in the wide receiver position, I mean, you're really talking about a situation where a young guy or a veteran is throwing to the Jordan Taylors of the world and the Benny Fowler's of the world. And look, I'm fans of both, but I've also been on the record in saying that they should have moved on from Cody Latimer and Benny Fowler a long time ago. Right. So certainly going to be a case. Let's talk defense uh, because there's an interesting situation coming up at linebacker. The uh, Shane Ray will be cheap for his next uh, year. Of course, he's still on that rookie deal, but then he's going to look to get paid. Todd Davis contract is up. He needs money. Only a year older than Shane Ray and really came on this year. Very good player. Always uh, in the mix. Disruptive, the word I like to use. Uh, Are we in a situation where the Broncos need to, per se, choose between the two? Is there a potential of keeping them both because John Elway has been said on record multiple times that he doesn't like to per se weaken his strength. And we all know that the strength is this defense.
1: It's going to come down between the two because if you're if you intend on keeping both Shane Ray and Todd Davis for the long term, you need to make some money somewhere, especially, sure. especially if the Broncos go after a veteran free agent quarterback that's going to eat up so much cap space. Yeah. So you either need to look at getting rid of some of the guys on offense, like we just talked about or restructuring some deals on the defense. If it comes to apples to apples, if you're comparing which you'd rather have, Shane Ray is a heck of a player. He's shown a lot of promise, but the production just hasn't been there. He's been injured. He hasn't necessarily been the to, uh, to, uh, 1B A to to one Devon Miller's 1A. That role has really been played by Shaq Barrett, whereas Todd Davis has held the fort opposite of Random Marshall in the inside linebacker position. Yeah. Todd Davis has produced. He's been in the top five tacklers for the Broncos the past two seasons. If you look at who's behind Davis, you look at a Corey Nelson-type player who I think is a contributor, maybe on third downs, great special teams guy, but he's also a free agent. He's going to look to get paid. He's going to look for a starting role somewhere else. So there's just not a whole lot of depth at linebacker on the inside like there is on the outside where you've got guys like Demarcus Walker and Shaq Barrett who could potentially step in should Ray move forward. And and
0: I will say this. uh, Certainly, obviously, Shane Ray dealt with the injury. Uh, all last year, that was a major issue and and, and boy, it kind of worries me long term because absolutely he could not continue in the weight room to the extent that he'd like because of the wrist injury. it's It's right. I mean, you see him all the time on social media posting about him doing rehab. And I mean, he's at squeeze the the squishy ball stage right now. <laughs> like right. he still can't do any sort of serious weightlifting. He was looking more and more. I don't want to use the term fragile. I don't want to use the word fragile. He he was very skinny. Um, he did not look himself. He didn't look thick. He didn't look built when we're talking about him in the locker room, you know, and towards the end of the season uh, after games and, and uh, certainly at the end of season wrap up, he was just looking thin as a rail. And I was beginning to think like, man, if this rehab doesn't start to really rush up, is he going to be the same type of player and disruptor that we think Shane Ray can? And that's the thing is, this is what we think he can, because while he has shown flashes, he really hasn't put it together fully in a full season. And I just, I begin to wonder, there's a lot of wonder in a, and it kind of sounds like you're in the same boat of, Maybe it should be Todd Davis Absolutely. as opposed to Shane Ray.
1: I, I would rather have the proven player who's been there, who's put results on the field, versus somebody who we think, we hope, we want to project to become that productive 10-sack-per-season player.
0: I'll put it as simply as this. Yay or nay? $11 million for the 32-year-old Aqib Talib.
1: Nay. And that's that's come, not coming from my heart. That's coming from my brain. It sure. just doesn't make sense you can save $11 million. You can put that cap money to use so many different places. You can lock up a guy like Todd Davis. You can go out there and put a little extra cash in Kirk Cousins' pockets. You can go out there and get a good veteran tight end, and there's a lot of great tight ends in the 18 free agent class. You can put that money to better use elsewhere. Tlaib has been such a great player, and I don't know if he qualifies. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'd love to see maybe in the Broncos' ring of fame. I don't know if he got those seasons under his belt. He's been certainly a contributor to the no-fly zone and to the Super Bowl victory, but I think it's time. You're not going to get that $11 million back. It's time to see what Bradley Roby can do because his contract is coming up soon. He's going to want to get paid. It's time to see if Roby can be a good replacement for Talib, and if we need to start thinking about locking up Roby in the long term.
0: Well, and, and you talked about the guy I think that this all really hinges upon in Bradley Roby. If you believe Bradley Roby can step in and be that guy, it makes no sense financially to keep a keep to leap. But there were and, and there are many others who are higher on Bradley Roby than I myself am. Sure. I, I have not been I have not been stunned or, or surprised or, or I don't know what the word I'm looking for is it, it, Bradley Roby is just moot to me. He's just he's a guy. And maybe it's because he hasn't had the opportunities yet, but I flash back to the Cincinnati game where uh, Roby was uh, uh, really thrust into a role against a premier wide receiver. And he didn't even look like he belonged on the field. And I know Bradley Roby is a better player than that. And AJ Green is a fine wide receiver, a top five in this league. But boy, it just didn't look like he even belonged. And I'm worried that taking him out of that kind of nickel extra uh, package where where he's always picked on, by the way, because premier quarterbacks know they don't want to touch a Chris Harris Jr. or a keep to They'd rather link. I'm really worried about being really exposed at the second cornerback position next year. In the event where a Akib Talib is is let go, and I think this is where I side with John Elway here. I go back to the idea that Akib Talib can still give you two, three solid more years. It would be a devastating loss, not only on the field but off it too, in that locker room. Akeem Talib is the glue. He is the guy that brings that swagger. And some people want to call it thug. Understandable. But you need guys like him right. on the team. Because he does the things that not everybody would do. Von Miller would not do the things that Akeem Tlaib does. He's, he's a natural about, leader. Absolutely. He, he just has that, that it about him. You know, whenever his locker room, for many who don't know, his locker is towards the end of the Broncos locker room near the door where everybody leaves. So when people are passing by, when players are passing by to leave the locker room to go home, it's always, you know, throwing a, a, a Hey, you know, good game, man. Or, uh, uh, we'll talk to you later, you know, to or, you know, uh, I mean, there's obviously very colorful language that's, that's involved, <laughs> but it's it's those small things that he is—losing I, I losing that would be, in my eyes, devastating to the Broncos' defense and could really hamper them long-term because I just don't see how Roby brings that.
1: I agree with you. I think Roby—let's just call it what it is. Roby is a fine player for what he does, but he is the definition, the textbook definition of inconsistent— you go back to the Cincinnati game where you're right. He didn't look like he belonged and covering the Bengals' third receiver. But then I go to the Miami game, the game where Tlaib did not play. Sure. And he did a fantastic job of stopping Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills, two of the more premier, younger wide receivers. Yeah, the he had Stills pretty locked up. He he and locked up Stills great. He did a well job when he was positioned against Landry. He forced the fumble. He had tackles. He looked like a complete player. Where, where I kind of disagree a little bit is in 2019, he becomes a free agent. He's going to be looking to get paid. Talib will also no longer be on the team. He will be a free agent as well. You can't bring back Tlaib after that. Sure. So do you have enough trust on what you've seen in a third cornerback position to offer Roby that long-term extension? And this is why I think it's better to move on from Tlaib because Roby is going to hit the free agent market. And the Broncos need to see exactly, can this guy play opposite Chris Harris Jr.? I love to leave, and I love what he brings to the team, but it just makes sense to give Roby the true test of being a number one or number two cornerback in the league.
0: It's Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name with me, John Mendoza, Mile High Sports Radio, and of course, we are going to be bringing you podcasts all off-season long regarding who stays, who goes, rookie quarterbacks. We already have dived into some of the rookie quarterbacks in-depth podcasts. You can check those out the archive at milehighsports.com. Let's talk briefly, really quick, about some of the guys who are in limbo here, but we expect them back. Derek Wolf, injury kind of pending there. Uh, Darian Stewart,
1: I think both these guys are back. Absolutely. Hands down, devout. The value you get from Darian Stewart is just incredible. Right. Absolutely. Great guy, great leader in the secondary, especially with Talib's situation in fringe. He will now be that veteran back there. But of course, they do have a fine young one in Will
0: Parks, who kind of with Justin Simmons, one of those waiting in the wings. I think you're going to see one more year with Darian Stewart here, who I believe has been one of the more underappreciated safeties, quite potentially in Broncos history. That's how good he has been. But then you're probably going to see one more year maturation from Will Parks and then see him step into the starter role. Guys, we don't expect back. Virgil Green? Good is gone. Menelik Watson. Watson? Gone. I hope he's out of Denver already because boy, <laughs> he just had an awful year. Uh, Cody Latimer again is a guy I have not been a fan of. For many, many years. I think he should have moved on from this guy two years ago. However,
1: he kind of came on late. He won a lot of people over. Did he win you over, John? No, he just hasn't done enough to warrant a contract extension. He, he didn't get it, put it together with Peyton Manning. He didn't put it together with Simeon. You saw him have a little bit of chemistry with Lynch and Osweiler because they were playing with the twos in practice, so they had that natural chemistry but he wasn't able to crack the starting lineup even as a number 3 when you can't beat out guys you know Benny Fowler when when Jordan Taylor's pushing you for playing time it, it from Latimer um, thanks for your service, but it's, it's time to look to a younger, um, more consistent option. We
0: expected Donald Stevenson as well, as good is gone. We talked about Brock Osweiler. Two guys I want to focus on here, though, to uh, wrap this up. One in Jamal Charles, who we both expect uh, good is gone. If you were in the locker room at the end of season uh, locker room clean-out, uh, you know that Jamal Charles has no interest in coming back at all, and, and did was that made was there too much made of that in the handling of Jamal Charles this is a veteran guy who i understand was coming off the injuries but was just not playing he didn't see the field in many of these games and it made no sense because head coach Vance Joseph multiple times stated that he wanted to start the guys who helped win them games Jamal Charles on the sideline ain't winning you any games. So if you're a team that is out of the playoffs, you'd rather play D'Angelo Henderson anyway. So we talked about earlier in the podcast. And then on top of that, Jamal Charles could be effective For a team that is in the playoff hunt, you know, maybe a team that is looking for a running back or just another versatile weapon, and yet the Broncos never released him, never gave him that opportunity, and he is a veteran free agent. Do you think handling of the Charles situation could play a factor in how Broncos negotiate with veteran free
1: agents this
0: time around coming up?
1: On two different standpoints, you know, yes, one is with salaries. I know Jamal Charles came in on a very, very cheap salary because yeah. of the injury history. Um, but now I, it sends up a really terrible, nasty red flag to all the other veteran free agents out there who are looking to win a Super Bowl ring before they retire, who are looking for a fresh start after they've been pushed out of their own respective teams with younger talent. Um, that situation should have been handled much better. It seemed like, and I'm, I'm trying to find the exact game, but it seems like that game where Jamal Charles kind of fumbled the ball in, in the Broncos' own territory, that kind of set you know, the record for him as a Denver Broncos player. We saw more Devontae Booker after that, and, and he never saw the field afterwards. His comments later in the season, he, he wants to go out there and win a ring. He feels like he can still play. And I just wish I would have seen more of him. I know we want to see Devontae Booker and D'Angelo Henderson, but out of respect for Charles, who came here, who stated publicly, I can be a great compliment to C.J. Anderson. I've been a Broncos fan my whole life. I'm excited to be here. It would have been nice to see him. It would have been nice to show the rest of the league that the Broncos take care of the guys they bring in. We're opening up a whole new can of worms, but I know there were other players, particularly at quarterback, that didn't exactly end on a high note here in Denver either. And it just makes me wonder, are other people going to see this when they were thinking about choosing Denver as their next team?
0: Yeah, it was very poorly handled. Very poorly handled. And you can bet that some free agents that are in the same situation as Jamal Charles is last year, thinking about signing in Denver, they're going to give Jamal Charles a call. And they're going to be like, hey, What really happened? What happened here? Because this seemed like a real sour situation that made absolutely no... This may be the biggest blunder by the head coaching staff in the front office this year, in my eyes, by the Denver Broncos, is the handling of Jamal Charles made no sense. It's one situation if Jamal Charles is actually getting playing time or is, is actually giving you production on the field to keep D'Angelo Henderson on the sidelines. D'Angelo Henderson is still on the sidelines while Jamal Charles is not getting carries. It makes the the only sensible, logical situation here is to let go of Jamal Charles and start D'Angelo Henderson because you are not in the playoff hunt anymore. Absolutely made no sense. Lastly, before we wrap
1: up the Broncos Blitz podcast, Shelby Harris, got to come back, right? Oh, absolutely. 100%. One of my favorite players. Best value this year. Really came on strong. He had a great preseason. Everybody thought we were going to see a little bit of this guy. He kind of didn't see the field all that much. But, boy, in the the last half of the season, this guy really took off. The Broncos had something special in Shelby Harris. I don't say that about every player who has a good couple of games this guy is unique. That he needs to be back.
0: Yeah, he's got a little bit of that it factor too in the locker room. You oh, absolutely. know, very joyous, uh, very uh, always happy. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. So, uh, Shelby Harris definitely one of those guys that I certainly would like to see the Broncos bring back. What do you got uh, coming up here on uh, milehighsports.com, We
1: recently have an article about the tight end position. As we touched on briefly, the Broncos need to update or up- upgrade that as they search for their next quarterback, whether rookie or veteran. Uh, also be tackling about the wide receiver position. Kind of a lot of what we talked about here, how for so long it was a position of strength for the Broncos. And now that Roman Empire may be coming down. Um, and then, lastly, how long does this defense truly have? We talked about Tlaib, We talked about Todd Davis, Darian Stewart for maybe a couple years. Bradley Roby. How long does the defense have to be elite? How many times? How many more seasons can we say, "Oh, the Broncos are going to be competitive this year because of their defense"? Yeah, is that going to be the mantra next year, the year after? I
0: think there's got to be at least a balancing or a potentially passing of the torch to the offense and I think that's for the better for the Broncos and it's got to start this season whether we talked about it either be the veteran quarterback or simply let's let's use the word rebuild with a young rookie quarterback and you know what maybe it comes sooner rather than later a la Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz uh, Los, Los Angeles, Angeles Rams, Jared Goff so we'll see how it goes. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast of course presented by Tap 14 be sure to check them out on the web tap14.com spell out the word Fat 14 14, tap14.com. They got those 70 Colorado beers on tap. Or if you're more a Colorado distilled spirits type, like my they have an incredible wall that's featuring a hundred of them that you gotta go check out they're well right up there next to Coors Field so uh, you know with Rocky season coming up be sure to check them out 1920 Blake Street it is Tap 14 go check them out on the web tap14.com John thank you very much for joining me thank you so much for having me and of course be sure to check out a previous Broncos Blitz podcast the archive at milehighsports.com that's milehighsports.com